Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new episode of Chat. My name is Brian Kearney and I could not be happier today than to be chatting to the absolute legend that is Maro Picotto. Maro, how are you? I'm very good. Hi to everyone. Beautiful day. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice here as well, Maro. You can you can feel the, the better weather coming after sort of we've gone through the past few months have been really difficult and I think you're living in Jersey. Is that correct? Yeah, I live in Jersey. At the moment, actually, I'm stuck in London because uh, I was here and then when they did the lockdown, uh, you know, I couldn't move back because otherwise I would have to do the quarantine. And then I, I moved back, for you know, after Christmas and all. But then when I back to Italy for a few days and I managed to come back to England, then I have to be quarantined here. If I go back to Jersey to quarantine there, I will go back now because the situation is getting better and all with vaccine and whatever. But as you know, my my house has always been everywhere. <laughs> yeah, and uh, as you know, w- with the scene that we're in, in the dance scene, we've had a, a very difficult twelve months. And how, how have you found it? Have you found it very difficult to deal with the last twelve months, not being able to tour and that? I have to be very honest because my career didn't start just a few years ago. I've been in a lucky position. Yeah. In a way that uh, for me to stop for a few years was like, uh, okay, I will enjoy the family. I dedicate more time to production, obviously because all the clubs are closed and I understand the situation. Uh, I dedicate, oh, better, I, I'm back with the mood uh, to making pop music, you know, dance track, but they can, can have also radio play because to, to make music for club when you cannot enjoy to go and play it, uh, it's like I feel... Uh, stuck, you know. Yeah. That's my mood. That's why I I try to uh, to back in, in, with the idea to something that I won't like to dance, but also to listen. And that's why I I actually had the, like no, I'm gonna say good time because it wasn't a good time to stay home or stuck in the house. But I you know I try to convert what was not a good thing in a good thing. You know, that's my point of view. Then obviously I'm looking forward to clubs reopening and festival because I can't wait to to feel the crowd and playing because it's not the same without the crowd. You know, when I see the streaming of, I understand the passion of the music, but it's not the same. The energy in the house in front of your camera is, you know, at least when you have someone to speak, it's still different. Yeah. But just yourself in, I know that people listen to you around the world, but you listen with a phone or with a headphone or even with a good sound in the house. But it's not the same. Don't, for me, it's, uh, no, you know, I, I rather to, I didn't do nothing, to be honest with you. I did maybe one or two just because it was a bit like the, the moment to do it. But then I realized, no, it's not for me. You know? But I like to make production. That's yes, for sure. I have a, so many bomb ready for the summer. And so um, you're really excited to play all this new music that you've made when, as, as we eventually get back into the clubs and the festivals and stuff? Definitely, 100%. That's why I'm like, you know, I really, I also try to convert with this music that initially was a start for the radio or better, no, the radio, but to listen because now the radio is, is important, but you know, everybody's Spotify or, or YouTube or stream, you know, stream. There's so many options. But then I say, how I can manage to play this kind of music in a club that is not actually my style? And that's when is the challenge and you try to find the road or something that make possible. Because this, all these 
paranoia of the general for me disappeared in the last six, seven years because, you know, my transition from uh, dance music, uh, I started with the Afro music when I was a kid, then I went to the Italian, uh, I would call it a commercial, like really simple music. Then uh, arrived the beginning of house music and was very exciting. Then techno, trance, you know, I didn't, the new beat was also before in the middle. There's always been so many genres. And when you move from one to another, you're always going to get a lot of shit, you know, like, yeah. because, you know, the fans say, why are you changing? Why are you not? You know, but it's my character. I cannot stay and do always the same things. I would get bored, you know. That's why I'm always trying to find a different way to, to, to enjoy myself and to play the music that I like for the crowd that want to listen to that. And sometimes it's also a barrier that because they want to hear always, you know, obviously Mauro Picotto, they want to hear Komodo. Come on, after 25 years now, <laughs> yeah. you should have enough of this drug. You know, yeah, that's my yeah, point. Yeah. And uh, that's why, but then I realized with the time that actually it's like to go a concert of, uh, I don't know, Robbie Williams and he wouldn't sing Angel. People wouldn't be happy. Yeah. And that's, I realized maybe I need always to give that that moment of a uh, happy moment uh, for yeah. the yeah. <laughs> in front of the crowd, you know, but uh, still dedicating with uh, one side of myself to the club, to the, to where I start as a DJ, you know, that for me very important. That's why I always had my, I would say the good side and the dark side, you know, but it was also moment of my life, you know, the clubbing scene, when you're young, you're crazy, you're doing anything you have to do. And you know, you, you end up then at my time and my age and it's like, wait a minute, I can't continue to this kind of life and that level on that rhythm, you know? And then you're moving on the side. And the side is actually good as well. That's the point. Yeah, so obviously you've been a huge musical inspiration to myself and a lot of people of my age. And who would have been the people that inspired you when you were growing up musically? But musically, uh, you have to, as I say, I start to listen Afro music when there was the, the beginning of the era of the DJ mixing, because before yeah. the DJ was just playing track. Then they start the mixing together. And in Italy, we had a famous club like Cosmic and was like uh, La Baia Imperiale in Rimini. And they was playing this kind of music. And in, in the middle of the Afro tribal music was the first influence coming from Tangerine Dream, Kraftwerk, and uh, so many, so many Alan Parson project, a uh, track that they was playing maybe, you know, 45, but they you play at 33, they changed the beat. It was so creative. And then the mixing, the people will start to mixing the track together and the rhythm was creating different mood. And that for me was like, wow, because actually I want to, I always want to make music, but uh, I can't sing, obviously I'm, <laughs> it's not my, my place. And the DJ gave me the opportunity to express myself with my style, my mood, you know. And that's when I started to 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 go near the DJ world and and understand what was my my mood. And as I say, electronic because it was so many at the time that start to play electronic music. Imagine, as I say, Crafter was the first that really like, wow, you know, Tangerine Dream, this melody of floating was like, and for me it was another level, no? yeah. but then there's so many, you know, because now I, I, I 
Sometimes I go and check my old uh, records, really old, and then I found DJ from that time that they have passed everything on MP3, and I have so great memory, and I realized that all what I've done, there was something from here, from there, from, and was that moment of my life. That's why. And then obviously the DJ of the time, because, you know, I remember Italian DJ like Daniele Baldelli was one of the third top uh, DJ of that kind of music. My even with the techno for me, Sven, Sven Fett has always been an inspiration because he doesn't play for uh, just because the track is out. You know, he, he's, he has, I'm sure he has also a great team around to select to find music that has a lot of character, not just track to play for please the crowd. He go and found the same thing with a track that nobody had, you know. For me, that was really good of him. But then there's been so many, Al or Garnier, and, you know, there's so many DJ that they have done great stuff. But even in the trans music, because, you know, if you're thinking all the DJ at the time, then obviously some, some of them went too far. But even Armin or the Saint Tiesto, they when the trance was huge, they've done an amazing job for the movement. You know, everyone, even you, for your career, you've done amazing. You know, everybody has to find the right dimension, from my point of view. Then, obviously, if you don't like, someone stay, how you say, fedele in English, I don't know the word, but someone stay faith, faithful. Faithful, yeah, yeah. Constantly, and they don't change uh, nothing and obviously people love that are happy forever me because i change constantly <laughs> people doesn't love me so much for that because they never know where to go after so many years now i realize that the people actually they say you never know what you get from Mauro, but actually it's always fun you know if you if i'm in a good mood and they are in a good mood we always have a great night that's the point you know yeah that's that's one of the inspiring things i've always why you've always been my favorite DJ and my favorite artist. You always wanted to be yourself and you never stuck to one sound. You could be playing a trance record and then a minute later you could be playing the most underground techno record. And no matter what, no matter what you played, the crowd loved it. And it was the first time that I've ever seen a DJ on stage with that much presence and just you... You always wanted to move forward with your sound. You never wanted to stick with the one sound. And you always try to keep moving forward, moving forward. And, and, and I think that's really important that you have such an open mind when it comes to music. Yes, uh, my, this, uh, you describe perfectly what, what is my mood. I can't stand, uh, uh, even when I, the festival are brilliant because every one hour, even if I love the long set, but the long set has to be done by real DJ. Because some DJ after two hours is boring as hell. Yeah. Sorry if I say that, but someone has like that. That's why festival put the DJ every one hour. But I remember at my good times, this DJ set was nowhere minimum three, four hours. And they DJ profession that was creating a journey. They was, as you say before, you you start with one genre, end up in another world. And the same was a trip around the world around the world because of the mood of the music. You know, you can sound like an African style and you're feeling to be in a, I don't know, Zanzibar or in a, you know somewhere there. And then at some point you are in South America because 
you know, like Luciano's mood or Villa Lobos. And then arrived the techno European with German DJs, you know. It's always been, for me, like a, 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 a trip around the world, the music. Not just one style. That's for me, it was like, I feel like a, a horse with cannot run free. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's for me, is the most important of a DJ career, you know. And what would you consider to be your first big break into DJing and producing? What do you mean? Like, what, what was this? What do you think was the start, the beginning of you becoming Mario Piccardo? Uh, that was that was when uh, I obviously uh, I've always been a part fascinating, as I say, about the music. And when I become uh, like, uh, I would say one of the top DJ because it was the time of when you're doing a scratch. You know, I don't know. The, April May was 1989. Yeah. And I win the, you know, the DMC, there was like the DJ championship, the scratching and all the stuff like this. And I arrived in Italy, I arrived second. And I remember was very happy and all. But one year later, uh, I won the World Cup competition on TV and was about to scratch. And, and that made me, I would say, feel like, oh, I done what I want now because I met Daniele Davoli during that competition. Black box, yeah. Black box, exactly. And he was there to present him right on time. And I was like, wow, what a track he made this. And then, you know, I entered, I buy the first sampler, it was my Roland S330, that you have to do the editing with only six second sampler, stuff yeah. that was like, he was going, you need a, a monitor outside using the notator logic, to, as a sequencer, <laughs> start to producing in my little room at home, and then putting the music together, bringing to the first record uh, company, record company. And I remember first time I arrived, they took him was Lombardoni Disco Magic in Italy, but wasn't a great track. You know, was you know my starting, and then I had an idea to start to using sample live in the club, and then I realized when something was working. You know, when I was finding the right loop, because I was using the, the the sampler live with the DJ in the club, in any club. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'm going to make a track with this loop. And then from that loop, I was going to make another piece together. And from one minute, I was doing one minute and a half. And I created a track was like, a, a we, we're we going to get. Yeah. My first track, it was top 20 in UK. And that's when I went to Media Records and the... The owner even didn't listen to be honest the track. He just want me because I won the year before the the competition of the DJ. But then I went in the studio with the the guy that was, they was already a team working in this company because they have a different team in different studio, and we create this track, finish it properly, you know, because mine was still made it with one sampler and you know the Revox at the time. Yeah, and then we realized the first track. Then I made another track was We Got to Live Together. This is then when they offered me to come and work full time for them and for me to have a studio because at the time I didn't have the money to buy a studio. And the studio at the time was costing like in Lira, in Euro now would be like you need to have a, at least 70, 80,000 Euro to build your own studio, yeah. a little one at yeah. the time. And then I start to work there. I start to make my own money because I was quite good, they offered me a share of the company. And, you know, instead of paying me the royalty, <laughs> they was the company. Then I was keep going. I realized why they didn't want 
to use the name of the DJ, but of the artist, because when you're young, you're just excited to, to producing. You don't have a clue how much business was behind because it's not now. At the time, there was a business behind the music, a yeah. good business. Yeah. Anyway, to make the longer story short, I, when I became a partner in the company, I started to say, okay, I'm going to produce my name as a DJ. Because as a DJ, uh, you need to reflect what was my mood in the club. I started to make music that even the, the, the other partner, the, the boss of the company, was like telling me where I fucking want to go with this music. Yeah. That was the big star music. Yeah. Imagine how, how crazy it was no? to saying that to me. I mean, yeah, okay, if it's not a problem, I put my name. Oh, yeah. After one, two years of that sound, it was going in the top 20 in UK. And after 20 years, there's still music that the people want to listen now. Yeah. And if you think in the music of 20, no more 20, 30 years ago, it's disappeared. Mm. If it's not something, is unbelievable. And for me, that was like, wow, this was the right decision to do that. Then when in 2001 or two, I sold my share of the company and I started to run my life as a DJ with uh, Alchemy and uh, my Ricardo Ferri, remember my partner in crime as genius. well? Genius. Yeah, genius. He's, a, he's an amazing in the studio. He's someone that he's always been updated, you know, because yeah. that's what I hate of the studio for me because I realized to making music uh, is not about just knowing the machine. You need to have the idea also. But if you don't keep yourself updated with the machine, you're out of the business. Because I remember we buy the studio. I bought my first studio with him, that professional one in my house. After six months, when I was coming back, everything was changed again. New update, new plugin. I didn't know even to turn on the computer. <laughs> but I still making music. Explain me how. Yeah. That's, you know, because when you know where you have to go, I can go in any studio now with anybody because, he, you know, there's a produ executive producer, there's a musician, there's a, a producer, you know, a record producer. There's so many steps or boxes you have to fill it when you make trap because, of course, if you're making dance music in a club style, you just need the idea. You can do it with the laptop. But when you want to produce in top quality, you need to work a bit more. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's not just about turning on the laptop, you know, because it, you see with the pandemic now, all these producers that they was making so many tracks, they're still making so many tracks. They do nothing. Mm. You know, even if you're number one, I'm not saying people because I don't follow uh, the music at the moment to know what's going on, but you know, even in the techno, that's not techno. <laughs> that's, you know, the influence is so commercial that they trying to make in techno commercial. I know what the feeling, because when I was doing Piguana and Komodo, the music, that wasn't pure techno. That was just influenced by techno, but was a way to create energy music with ingredients that make you listen again, even when you are not in the club. You know, like, I would say quite smart music to make also money because at the time 
there was a business around that. Now they do the same. There's no business. They just want some airplay because otherwise they are, these DJ they are disappear completely because uh, you know there's no gig. They cannot using the logo of the party where they play. They cannot go out with branded label because there's no festival. And all these names, they are like suffering and they try to produce in commercial music, but commercial music is not easy to make. <laughs> they think, yes. you know, just make something stupid and it's gone. No, it doesn't work like that. No. You know? I actually feel that it's difficult as much to create a good underground track, the same level. Okay? Just to make track, it's easy, but to make track successful, it's still another level for me. Yeah, um, you make you make an excellent point there. It, it's very difficult to make simple music. It's it's not not easy at all. And that, that I think that was one of the. I I consider BXR to be my favorite uh, record label of all time. If you listen back to some of the music, it's it's timeless. It hasn't aged. If you made those tracks now, they would still sound brand new. And I agree. Yeah, they still sound fresh. And and now that I have more of an idea about production, I can sort of hear how they're made and how. As you said, it, it was about a business, so the, the, the production of those tracks was very mechanical, where you found a way of making these tracks, and then it was just a case of changing the melody, like say, you make Lizard, then uh, Iguana, oh, Komodo. I made six tracks, like this, like that, Iguana, Komodo, Proximus, and uh, now no, for Lizard. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and they're all very they're similar. Believe me, I was just pulling up the, the mixer, the sound was the same, we just changed the melody, few samples, and, but that's the, was the trick, you know, changing maybe the sound of the riff. But when you found your style, it's easy to make track then. Yeah, because all the tracks are usually just white keys. All the notes are played on the white keys. Uh, all the similar sounds, similar drum loops. It, you just, you change the the identifying part. You'll have the vocal that makes it stand out. So so when people hear the track, oh, they're going to say, oh, that, there's that track that says going to get you or the sample that you use from KISS in Iguana and then Igua- uh, Komodo has the other part so it was really, really you say you say right about the kiss you know that I was accused by uh, Enjoy because they're using the same sample Enjoy yeah, yeah. Uh, and they asked me 40% of Iguana at the time <laughs> really yeah I never knew yeah. that Marlo, no. and I was like what the you know like why yeah, and that was the sample was take from Kiss. Why they asked me? The, they thinking that I took it from them. You know that was crazy. But, the, but the, that the, was such a gossip. Yeah, the the, the 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 other amazing thing about BXR Maro was you'd have the commercial mix, but but alongside the commercial tracks that you released, you would have five or six remixes, underground remixes of Komodo, Iguana, say Megamind T, um, all that make all that type of one. And that they'd all be completely different, and that's that's why I loved BXR so much. It, it catered to everyone. And what was that production process like? Was it easy to make the more underground remixes? As a you found it very mechanical making the commercial ones. Was it more difficult to make the more underground remixes of of those tracks at that time? At that time, I would say it wasn't difficult because I had like two amazing partners with me. One was Ricardo, that is super talented for yeah. the underground music. He loves underground. He's not. He's someone that if you ask to make a, a song, he feels sick before the start. Really, is not. Is not his. Is not his place. You know, 
he found always like he wants to only produce music for the mind, you know, for the dance, for the body. No, he doesn't care about the radio if he's playing or not. That's why. And that for me was important because he has that kind of art. In the other studio, I had another guy that was an amazing musician. <laughs> you know, and me, I was just, you know, like the, between. the balance between yeah, yeah, knowing yeah. where to go with one, knowing where to go with the other. And then also, I always gave freedom to to express yourself because that's important, you know. But it's not a case that if you think in media records, after 20 years that I left already, tell me one track they made that is successful. No. <laughs> And, they, and if you ask them, they would say, oh, Mar is gone, Where, what is done? I still have done so many, especially in the club, because, you know, when we left New Time, New Place, was everywhere. Yeah, incredible <laughs> you know, record, yeah. And we still now, I like, in the last three releases I've done in Italy, every every three are like being top 10 in Italy on the radio. That was my target. Now my, my, my expression is like to find again the way to make the music that can go in the club, but also on the radio. Because I think people feel and want that again, because uh, they can go dancing, but the radio cannot maybe offer that. I don't, you know, it's a bit, uh, even if there's a lot of commercial music on radio, but then you cannot actually play in the club because it's too commercial. Yeah. Again, it's what you were saying, to make it something Commercial, it's not easy. Not easy. It's very difficult. Wow, because it's very, very it, difficult. It becomes like, a, for me, it's always like food. If you go with a good DJ, you're going to have a, a nice dinner in a restaurant. Otherwise, you can go to a commercial party and it's going to be like to go to McDonald's. Yeah, Everybody yeah. loves McDonald's. It's just about the same McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. yeah but McDonald's, you know, you take the radio playlist, you're playing in the club to McDonald's, everybody's happy. But you're going in a good club with good sound system, a good DJ need to give you a nice dinner. Now, commercial music played in a cool club or in a nice restaurant, it's like to giving, you know, a like nice decorated plate to eat, and then I put you cream on top, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. to it sweet. That's horrible, you know, that's why it's difficult to find the right balance, like when I did with Komodo in the trance music, because it was quite not trance, for the fact that before was hard, was the more techno influence. But then the opening was made the people floating, you know, flying, because yeah. was relaxing, was trance, putting trance mood. That's why for me, we found the right connection. And it was music that also worked a bit on the radio, but wasn't so successful on radio, exactly because was for the radio at the time was too hard. Something that is not now, but at the time, I remember even, you know, Radio One, they, they, they play it because it was like top 40 in the cell, but he never been on a rotation like even B, was maybe C or even just play a few times because it was on chart. But he never had a support as other commercial house music at the time. Now this is more open, but it's more difficult to make the track that can work in both sides because even in the house music, I remember in Ibiza, you know, how many tracks like Stardust, uh, Roger Sanchez, all music that start in the house after our party in Ibiza, and then they was coming big in UK. Yeah. And in UK, in the world, to be honest, not in UK. But it's, it, and now it's missing because 
you don't you at the time it was like at least five to ten heat every summer. Now you struggle to find one, two. I mean that born in the underground club and become commercial. There's like completely separate. Also because maybe with the club we went too far away. Because be honest, I grew up in a club. It was just in the last ten years was just about drugs. And if you ask the people in the club, uh, you know, coming out of on the Monday or Tuesday, whatever it was, the day in Ibiza, how was the music? Amazing. What they play? Boo, nobody yeah, knew. No stuff. idea, yeah. But it was good when you was there, you know. It was different 15 years ago, you still remember. But it's not a case, as I say, if you go and listen still these days, and not, not now because it's two years, everybody done nothing, but I remember to go and listen then. You go out even, yeah, and you still remember the track that he played. You know, the the moment that he can catch the mood of the crowd. The he he's a groove catcher. You know, like know how to to do the job. Easy to go and play the hit track. Different, do the same thing with the track that nobody knows. That's for me has always been the challenge. With when in Italy, it was like a respect to the DJ. That is something that it become also in Europe few years later, but in the 90, when the, you play a track that was amazing, the crowd was all sitting on the floor, and then when it was starting, the kick was jumping. Yeah. And you don't need a speaker to say, put your hands up in the air, yeah. or put your hands somewhere else. Yeah. It was natural. It was coming from the mood of the people, respecting the sound of the DJ was playing. Now you see, the, nowadays, the last few years, you know, the DJ stand on the DJ booth, Put your hands in the air. It's not about the music floor. anymore. It's all, I would say, manipulated by the effect and the speaker, not just yeah. the music. Yeah. And the music, you just need to have a great drop and everybody's happy, you know. But it's a missing a bit of the soul of what is the successful part of the DJ. Ah, maybe this pandemic also is going to make a good selection. <laughs> the strongest to stay. <laughs> yes, that's always the way, but... I was just there. Think, like, would you say that you have a love of the melody, but you also have a love of the rhythm? So that that's where you have a love of like it's musical, but it also has a driving edge to it as well. That's especially back then during the BXR days. Groove catcher, I always say, not to be. You need to have the mood to catch the the moment. You know, I'm always searching for something that even in a loop of just a little make you thinking million things with just something very simple, you know? But then obviously you need to express in something different, depend where you want to go. Like me in these days, I'm working on the stuff that is from the 80, my the Afro, yeah. that we managed to bring, because with the new technology now, you can bring in stuff that was 106 BPM to 125 and it still sounds good. Yeah. You know, like maybe it's been speed up, but people don't know it, Yeah, you know? And from there, you're building completely new track. And sometimes you don't need that sample anymore. It was just because that make you go in the new way. They, you know, it's so creative and uh, uh, passionable to do it for me, especially. And, you know, it's so exciting. Like, as I say, I made a new track. It would be released at the, I think Sony want to release in May, but I tried to delay because it's a pop track for me. But I made an Iguana mix that is completely the mood I want to play now in the club because there's energy, there's a great, you know, powerful, and there's melody like uh, that I still, is. I made this track like nearly two years ago 
the melody. And I keep working because I keep trying to find the dress to wear for this track. <laughs> yeah. Finally, I managed to do it. And I just finished it a month ago. And now I'm looking forward to play, even if I already tested last summer, because in Italy, when the pandemic was a bit better, some cup opened and I managed to go and play. And I see that there was like people, you know, when you play a track, even the owner of the club come and say, well, what's yeah, the track? Yeah, 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 yeah. Something that can put the head up, compare the rest, because it's not the classic you play is singing. It's like really like, again, like six minutes of journey. And it's, for me, it's good. Then I will send it to you. You we can judge. But obviously you have to think in, is a club that you can actually play in the club, but is everything right also to go on the radio? And this for me it was like, oh, it's something a bit like the big star time, you know, in the, when I was doing Guanacomoda and all this track, but with the sound of today. Yeah. You know, Thanks, especially yeah. with the machine of today, because, you know, the dynamic of the sound now is, is <laughs> stuck you on the, on the dance floor with the power. Yeah. And then it's a pop track, you know, really with loud voice that you're like, fuck, you know, what's that? Yeah. <laughs> So one one of your one of your greatest moments, in my opinion, now is you were the first DJ to ever play live on top of the pops. But, yeah. but not only did you play live, you played baguette, which is yes. one of the most courageous things that anyone has probably ever done on TV. What are your memories of that occasion? Yeah, I remember really well because when they asked me, the top of the pod wanted you to go and do the live with uh, Komodo, and they told me you can go there, we play the track, and you can do some play, think playing. Say no. If you want me, I go and DJ. Otherwise, I'm not doing it. And they say, but what are you going to do with your timetable? Say, you don't worry. I will create something. No, if my wife is asking me. <laughs> something. Um, yeah, I want to do something with the timetable because, you know, and they, the producer say, okay, let's see what's going on. You know, <laughs> if you want to risk in your reputation. And actually, for me, it was a goal because nobody ever done it. Amazing. Yeah, because someone even say was pre-recorded. How you can pre-record the baguette with Komodo <laughs> trying to scratch on the on the stage that was all bouncing and moving? You know, I took a big risk, obviously, but was only for two minutes. I said, I don't care, even if I make a mess, at least they know he's live. You know, he's he's DJ. And obviously I start with baguette that was nothing to do with Komodo, because I want to show already where I was going.
yeah. I was already changing at the time. Yeah. And this is when I was doing Gate Crusher and Ghost Kitchen. Remember how big they were? And I remember because I was doing six hour set at Gate Crusher. They always finished eight hour. And uh, the funny was like, hate, half of the people hate because obviously they booked me for doing six hours. That was amazing for the first three, four times. But then in the last two or three, because then remember, K Crash was shut down. And uh, I started to make the set that was like three hours of trance, three hours of pure techno. And obviously I convert half of the people to techno and half of the people was hate me because I was not playing trance in the temple of the trance music. But then if you speak with the same people now, they are like actually understand where you were going. But at the time, obviously, someone, as I say, is so faithful to the general that they refuse to listen to anyone, anything else. And as I think is for limited people or limited DJ, because some of them, even into techno, when I was like doing my part in Ibiza, Mega Night with Chris Leaving and many other. Ben Sims, Adam Bayer. Yeah, Adam Bayer. They always play in pure techno. Now you listen to Adam Bayer, respect whatever he wants. But drunk code has nothing to do with the drunk code when he born. Drunk code in those days is like Big Sar 20 years ago. No different for me. Melody, commercial, is you know, but it's business for them. They see a light of uh, something to 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 grow up, and I respect it because drunk code is a, an amazing brand, even if you know, uh, is I don't find uh, so innovative from that kind of view. Then I know they have that. As a DJ, Adam is not someone that will follow the, the label so much in a way that has other people, obviously. But I respect what he's done because he built the, the future of uh, the label for himself. But more than that was all the festival that then they create with that. But, you know, it's, it's a different work again because, you know, you need to have the people around that they, they have. And like, depend of your what you want exactly, you know, because then there's all this scandal that has happened, what was like seven or eight years ago when the people was buying the truck themselves to make the label appear. Yeah. Big. Yeah. And, you know, I really struck on every kind of label. Um, you know, I did some cocoon, I even did a drum code. I done all the label with, with truck, but I realized that they are just labels. No, if you want the record going, everybody has to. If you want to be pop, you can't do that. That's the point. You know, depend what you like, what you want. You know, it's extremely difficult. And then, obviously, as I say, there's been this scandal because you see, top ten on I don't know, Beatport, for example, they are music that you don't listen in any radio, but they are number one there, and you don't listen anywhere. How they can be number one? Come on, man. I don't know, you know, and every time. But then when you release track on this label, you know, you don't see any money for the first six, seven hundred euro because they have to use it the money for promotion. That's the promotion you pay. Yeah, I know what You're you mean. Going through Spain, through South America, whatever, and the track go top 100 guaranteed. And then depend if the track is good, sell a bit more or a bit less. But now these days that we all know how much the music is selling. You know, if you are not a bit on the radio, don't tell me, especially now, all this techno club music, what, what do you think you can sell? Now, yeah. you know, you cannot even 
buy I don't know a pizza in the evening with with the track at this top ten in techno. Maybe I don't know. It's not my world, you know. Yeah. So would you still be friendly with, with any of the XBXR guys like Mario Pugh or? Yeah, yeah, well, we are uh, we still only actually we are more in contact now with this pandemic because yeah. you know sometimes you chat here even like you know with Gigi D'Agostino we spoke a few months ago and I you know the idea was like say let's do a project together but the difficulty is that Gigi is very uh, I would say he has his own world. He know what he want. He's very. He's a real artist, and it's not easy to. You cannot go there and say, "Let's try to make something like this way or that." He know what he wants. You know, you need to go with something. If you listen, his last few production are all the same. Yeah, it doesn't change a lot, and that's why if it's up and up, and because we did in the past music together, but it's when you know I was making the track, he was passing the studio like I like that. Okay, let's do it together. You know, that was the mood. It's never happened the opposite, that uh, he's doing something good and I'm going to ask him. He's not in my character. He has to, he's more like, if I do something that he likes, he will work with me. Otherwise, he won't. That's yeah. the point. But then Mario is the same. Everybody has his own uh, word. But in you, I think you can make this alliance together when you feel in the same emotion. Mood of the trap because otherwise will be only what the record company want these days, music business. You know they try to pay you. You have a lot of follower. Let's say the other guy is a YouTuber. We put you together. You have like hundred thousand follower. You have fifty thousand. If you make this track together, we'll make uh, two million Spotify. Yeah, yeah. Where is the idea of to making music there? Yeah, it's not no. about creating anymore. It's just about. No, it's, it's a bit lost on the promotion. I had an offer just a few weeks ago. A guy made a track for a big record company, and actually, he's made in track with the, his idea. He made like invested 15, 20 track, and one track with uh, different DJs. One track, for example, one track I do with you, one track I do with Adam Bear, one track with, uh, uh, now I don't know the name, DJ or whatever it is. 20, and he sent me a track, but already made it. I say, well, sorry, but what do you want? No, you just need to put your name, we can release it together. I say, no, mm. it doesn't work for me like that. And what Sony offered me that? You know, in Italy, I'm like, I'm not interested, you know. Yeah. I'm not doing that because, yeah, but he, he has a lot of people following and you know if after 35 years i still making some music maybe not great but still enjoy myself and i still dj i don't need anything else more you know i'm 54 i i i'm actually old for the club scene mm. but i still enjoy to go and play for the people that want to listen what i'm doing it's not it's nothing to do with making more now you know I had an amazing time. I've been such a lucky person and a lucky man because at my time to do what I've done for me was like extremely difficult and successful because a little town of Cavour in Italy, 5,000 people and become international DJ was, uh, has been like a, like a dream for a footballer, the same. Yeah. You start from your little town and you become to play in Premier League. That's amazing. Yeah. And I'm not Ronaldo. I don't want to be Ronaldo because I don't have that ability, obviously. But I have done well. Maybe I'm a little Iniesta. 
you know, yeah. I visited everywhere. I distribute yeah. some trends, some techno, some here, some there, yeah. without being the top on one general only. You know? Yeah. And uh, that's for me, it's like feeling high. That's why now I want to make commercial music, but more because I want to hear it on the radio what I'm doing because I cannot reach the club and actually I don't want to go too much in the club because I'm old. I feel stupid. You know, when, uh, when I'm in the club, I want to enjoy myself. And uh, you know, when they see all these kids and you know, I like, I need to party as well. You know, <laughs> I need to, to be part of them. And therefore me, I can do it, but not too much. And I go, I slow down a lot. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I, I want to go back to the to the crazy days, if if that's okay with you. Obviously, I'm Irish, so so my uh, now, now kids are growing up; they understand. <laughs> yeah, so so um, I'm obviously Irish. I grew up just outside Dublin, so my uh, my place that I used to go was the Temple Theatre. No, yeah, I left ten years on Temple Theatre. <laughs> ten years of my life are gone there. <laughs> Me too. Me too. I'm surprised I have any brain cells left from from my time there. But f- I I know how special the nights were. Any time you played in the Temple Theatre, I started going there when I was 17, getting a, a fake ID to be able to go in to see you play. And I remember the first time that I saw you. You unfortunately you were caught in the snow, so you only got to play for like 30 minutes at the end of the night. But you came back uh, three weeks later with Mario Pugh for for the space second birthday. But I. I does you speak to anybody who was at those events where you played in the Temple Theatre and everybody will tell you the same thing. There was just something so special and so magical that I've never had in any club ever since then. So I'd really love to hear what, what your memories of the Temple Theatre and your time from back then. As they say, a part left my a bit cell of my brain there. <laughs> it's like the energy when you was entering this church, you know, with enter, I remember the first time I passed from the crypt to arrive to, to, to the stage, but, uh, it's the energy, the crowd, the, the, the feeling is you straight away. When you go on the stage, you was feeling so power energy. It's like, you feeling like you was like, uh, I was like God. You know, and that's you were, what, man. You uh, were, you were to a lot of no, us. That was my yeah. church, really. You know, yeah. And uh, and and you can really, I can play whatever I want in yeah. do the journey where I want, and the people was understanding everything. Yeah. Like if they heard me million times, that for me was like the special of doubling and the Irish people on that club was. I don't know if it's something they brainwashed the people when they was entering the club. And they was like open to any, any experience. And this was just for me to make, go to part, part in, a, in a, the temple was always a pleasure. It was no work. I never worked in my life. I've been yeah. so lucky that I never worked in my life. For me, when it was for me, the working, you know, when was, when I left the house, got the airport, stay in the lounge board yeah, yeah. On the plane, and the still flying business class or first class. It wasn't bad, but, for me, that was the work. Yeah. Imagine how bad it was. Yeah. It was just great memory. And the excitement to play in place like this. Then I've done an amazing experience all around the world. But the Temple Theater, as I say, is like, uh, it's, uh, I left, I would say, if you can cut me in five pieces, one piece is in Temple Theater. <laughs> and, and what are your memories of Pat O'Keefe, the owner? Oh, he's been such an amazing guy with me. I remember even we did 
Uh, I was playing at the, what was it, Crowbar or, or Limelight, I don't remember, in New York for New Year's Eve. And he came there one year, and then in the morning, you know, after New Year's Eve, on the, was already on the second, because obviously the party was not. He called me, and we had breakfast together on the second, and, you know, it was a big, a crazy breakfast, you know, with him. And I had that memory of him, but he's been with me always very a nice person and a good friend. Like I, there's nothing bad to say. Everybody at this moment in life, but Pat was a good guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a good guy, I'm sure. Yeah, he was. A, he was really great guy to me. Like I was, I was, I went to the temple as a a weekly clubber every week for two and a, two years. But I was also DJing at the same time. And Pat was always really, really good to me. And he gave me the opportunity at the age of 19 to have my own night in the crypt. So I, I have a lot of gratitude towards Pat for what he did for me. And as you can say, your view of Pat is exactly the same as mine. But um, just yeah, because I, when you find someone that gives you the opportunity to express yourself, because people these days, not of DJ, they want to all start from the Greenfield. Yeah, top. Yeah, yeah. They don't know how much you gain from DJing in the crypt. As you done the same for me when I was DJ in Italy before I become popular in the, in Italy. I was playing in the small clubs. I was playing also in a big club, but I was playing from the beginning till the end. Five six hours of music just myself. That's when I build my experience of DJ interact with the crowd, understand the mood, become a mood catcher of the crowd. That's when you learn not just to play the top 10 on a beatboard or whatever on a festival. Everybody can do that. The festival just, I would say, is the celebration of the artist of the year. Because if you want to hear DJ play quality set, you need to go and listen to them in their own environment for two, three hours. Then you realize if a DJ is good. Because many DJ can play one hour and do a good set and sometimes not. But when you put a new one, the people are a bit like, they want to name they already know for festival. That's why they always complain, it's not fair, we don't have a chance, but how many of them, of the new generation have done, okay, they don't exist also the club anymore these days, but yeah. how many of them was opening, to do opening till the end in the club, as you done at the crib, as you say, you have the opportunity to go and play for, people from the beginning to the end to understand how is the evolve, evolving of a night, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you you, you played, uh, obviously I saw you playing the temple roughly from the year 2000 and till around, I think the final time you played there was December 21st, 2002. I have a crazy uh, memory for remembering dates, so I remember the day. But yeah, because it's been closed then also, the club. The yeah. Well, when it's been shut down, because I pass, a, I remember it was uh, two years ago when, it, because I play always uh, around uh, in Dublin, I always play after Christmas sometimes. Yeah, it, it's and still I there. Remember, it's still there, yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah. I'm sure it's not moving because no, that's no. like, it's yeah. a real temple. But it's like, I, I, if it was an emotion, I passing it from, because I remember the queuing around, like, Insane. Two, yeah. was like, 300 meter queuing, no, like, yeah. without exaggerating, to enter in the place, 300 meter queue was like, for a club was something that was unreal. Even for me, that I've been everywhere around the world, to see the queue long like this, you can see it at the stadium. 
No for a club. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. But just shows you how special those nights were, Maro. And oh, yeah, well, he, he, as I say, it was amazing. Amazing. I've been lucky. I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that there's not really any video evidence of that of those nights. I'd really, I'd really, I, I, I think I remember you used to have a camcorder with you during your set. I'm just wondering if do you have any of that footage? No, I, even if 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 it was something like this, the camera was lost in the same night. Okay, okay. So it was <laughs> like no, that, it's, yeah. It's actually I I I have memory, obviously, but you know, I was when you are at the time uh, and having so much. Good time. Also, because this is like a bit of a story. Like every time we was finished at the temple, the party was not finished then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It only it was began yeah. going until the day after. Yeah, you know, I remember even we've been banned for many hotels <laughs> in, uh, in in Dublin. I remember the first one that was I was surprised because when we finished at the temple, we go to the hotel. We arrived at the hotel was like maybe. 100 people outside waiting for me to arrive, like if I was a celebrity. Yeah. And I, yeah, I have to enter from a different place. You know, like, it was crazy. And then we had, like, two suites together because one was for Pat, one was for me, and <laughs> one was, like, 100 people in the rooms. It was just, like, partying nonstop for, for the for 12 hour extra, you know. And obviously, it was so good and so much fun that for me, it's been in. It's, it's part of my growing up as a DJ as well. It's a bit like the story of Ibiza, but was made in Dublin. You know? Yeah. <laughs> because Ibiza is the same. How many times I've been there, like for one gig and I stayed three days. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it's never finished there. So was was that the first time that you pro- you you really felt like you were you, you were a superstar and you were really like at the top of your game? Is that time you, it was was the feeling you got when you were in Dublin? Was that the first time you felt like I've really I'm really no, doing I, something special? I, I have to be honest. The first time that one, I felt scared because I was like, "What something is happening," and uh, but I never realized that the people was actually there for me, and I was like shocked. But because of, you know, first I finished playing. I was in a high mood. You had a few drinks, obviously, and the memory are not so fresh. <laughs> you just forget it. Yeah. But if I analyze now what I've done in the place I've been, I even remember in Colombia that I was so big to arrive the first time in Bogota. Arrive at the airport I was because I was doing a concert with Miguel Rifazano and Ricardo Ferry Line. You know? Big Sar or whatever. Amazing. We arrived at the airport and the airport has all the glass. It was like hundreds of people outside with flowers and stuff like this. And we was laughing. It's like, uh, you know, taking the joke, like, who is all these people? You know, who are they waiting for? Yeah. No? And then we wait in the back. They, my bike didn't arrive. I need to losing time. Anyway, make the short story short. As soon as I go outside, no, before I go outside, Gabriel Fazano come back say, Maro, you won't believe me. These people is outside there waiting for you. And I said, ah, come on, you're joking. When I went outside, I had to they have the, the army from Colombia, military police, to score me to go away because I couldn't pass. So I was like, wow, like, that's what I want to filming, you know? The same in Venezuela. I remember in Caracas, I've done a, a here after, before being the shooting, because... Remember also Carl Cox when he played a la Rinconada. Yeah. Not like that bad experience with four, yeah. four people there. The same place two years before with me, I couldn't play. Before I start DJ, 
they shoot a guy on the dance floor, stop the party, everybody up. So we had kind of a bad experience too, not just the good side, but the good memory, for example, this one that I would say in Colombia, that is one of my favorite South American place, because it's partying like nonstop and the amazing, beautiful girls and whatever, the experience of the, 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 the jungle, you know, like in yeah. the forest of Medellin. Medellin is amazing. Um, I was there. Yeah, yeah amazing. Yeah. We went in the forest of Geronimo's called, you know, in the seven in the morning, parrots flying in the jungle, you know, because they asked this big tree, obviously, Colombia, South America. And I remember there's some system, the last track, I think, what an amazing life I have lived. Look, the crowd, the forest, the parrots that was flying, the fog of the forest, you know, not the smoke. The fog yeah. was just amazing, you know, and uh, the, how lucky it was. Then right, the police want to stop the music, but then was a politician and the politician spoke with the military. They say we could have played another hour, you know, just stuff that is like so felt so lucky and free and freedom for everyone to have that moment to enjoy because it's not the same now. You know, everybody restriction, especially now, but I know even I went 10 years later in Colombia was already a problem. And, you know, you have to stop the noise. Someone disturbing is start to be too much educated. Yeah. <laughs> they are too well educated, but it's been so amazing. Like I play in the, in uh, the cave in uh, Guaraina in, uh, was in Santo Domingo. And they, I also other DJ went after me for sure. But I remember when I went there, they said, where, where I play? In a cave. You know, entering this huge cave with all the stalagmite, stuff like that. And I was like, where are the security exits here? <laughs> you are in a cave. There's nothing like that. Yeah. There are like 2,000 people in some of the cave dancing. So yeah, experience that, I'm sure, there's so many DJ around the world that have experience even better than mine. But I've been so lucky, grateful of this lifestyle I had, uh, thanks to the music, as thanks to the people that love my music, you know, being very lucky. And what can I say more than that? You know, it's, it's fantastic. Everything is, is beautiful. Yeah, in, in Dublin, the crowd chanted your name louder than the actual music. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And Pat, Pat was on the mic. Pat was on the mic getting the crowd going. As well. Yeah, they, I, I remember that because... Also, my name is not easy to pronounce, especially for the people at the beginning who call me Oh Mario. Yeah. Oh Mario. But then it's, you know, it's been so, also because for me, I didn't speak any English at all at the time. It was also very difficult to communicate. And the Irish has that special accent you have, you know, this. Yeah, difficult to understand. Yes. I had my manager also, you remember. Jake. 
you know, Jay, yeah. Jay Pigeon, his brother as well, because they was DJing at the time, remember Jay, so well. And the, the, this accent, and same when I was playing in Scotland, all yeah. this Scottish accent that I love Scotland too. And you know, for me, I already don't know English, so my English is Italian English. To all this accent in the middle was like, I don't know, I just want to play, you want party. <laughs> yeah. People want that, that's it, you know, it was so good. Yeah. I find it difficult to understand Scottish people at times as well, so I can only under, I can, can only imagine, imagine for you. I understand yeah. it's difficult. Imagine for an Italian, yeah. it's Arab. <laughs> really difficult. Yeah, but you, you were, we were speaking about um, Gay Crasher earlier on. Yeah, and I, I traveled over to one of your six-hour sets in two thousand and two. I think it was Francesco Farfa was warming up for you, and I always remember his warm-up was uh, it was incredible, but. It was six hours of the best music that I've ever heard, and th- this was when you were really evolving as as Mario Bocato. You were going from the trance here and to the just the crazy, crazy techno. It was just I feel really grateful to be um, going to clubs at this time because I was hearing music that I've never heard before, and I'll never hear anything as inspirational as it ever again. But what I loved was how you went into a trance club, and you were you. You played what you wanted to play. You played crazy techno. It was what you loved, and it really did inspire me. But it, it, it the, the thing I remember was you, you play for about six hours of the craziest music I've ever played. Then at about six o'clock in the morning, you played a chill out mix at Cafe Del Mar, and it just the, the the whole atmosphere in the club was just it was it was magical. And then you played another thirty minutes of of insane music, but. Just it, that, that's really inspired me as as a DJ and an artist to, to be yourself and to you created your own scene within a scene by being yourself. So, what what are your memories of your time playing at Gay Crusher? Uh, you describe it perfectly because uh, I, as you say, I every time was some other DJ coming with me, and I always tried to choose the DJ that was like uh, creating the journey to bring me in a different area of the world, even if we were in Birmingham or in Sheffield at the time. I was thinking of kitchen there. And uh, yes. you need to be a German. Yes. And that's why Farpa was doing a job that I knew already from other experience in Italy. And I know in England they didn't hurt him. And if they trust me, was like a way to showing respect. And the crowd is what they gave me. And that's what I, when they see a crowd give you that. You want always to be something new, something special, something different. That's why for me was like really important always to try to don't be obvious, first of all. That's why, as you say, to put the track at the right time that completely change the atmosphere, completely take advantage of the situation. Because for me it was like taking advantage because obviously when I make collapse in the club, after six hours of music and a journey, at some moment you're, you know, even all the drugs going down. <laughs> you know, everybody yeah. was flashing by a wave of water. Emotion, yeah. Yeah, emotion. I remember in Brazil, people finished the set crying. Yeah. But not because the set was finished. For a moment that was happening like that, crying, really like crying. And then you're rebuilding up and was... That is when it was the explosion of the of the clubs. Uh, is what I was saying in Italy. This was the respect was showing by the crowd going down by themselves, without the DJ telling when to go. They go when the music made them feeling 
that's the moment to to explode, you know? Yeah. That doesn't happen anymore. Or if it's happened, it's fake because there's people telling what to do. Or this DJ keeps saying, go down, go down. How many times I see that even in my last three, four years around the world, see the DJ with the hand, Ju, 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 go down. Why should go down? There's no any feeling to go down in that moment. You know, they just, because they need to take a picture or make the video for YouTube. That's mm. why the magic is gone, you know? Yeah. There's no, there's no, there's a been, it's coming back, eh? don't get me wrong, because I can see, I speaking with, even Farf, I see some interview, they are a resident again, in, not now because it's club, but they start again the mentality to make residency in clubs. Because stop this uh, idea of the DJ can't play two hours, get the money and go away. Again, give the trust to some DJ to building a new level of clubbing. That is the best experience for who wants to leave the club. Then obviously, I mean, starting not from zero, but maybe for two, from two, because zero, we start from zero. Now it's a bit more easy, but it's not simple, because as we know, club or clubbers or young kids are uh, not great educated, maybe because they just want the brand or what look cool, you know, they're hearing, I don't know, Pinko Palone uh, DJ is cool. They never heard him, but because they heard from people say, or because he has one million followers, he's a great DJ. There's many DJs have millions of followers and they are crap still now. Yeah. It's it's like a DJ. It's an it's an art. Like there's there's not many DJs who can really really DJ. Like there's a difference between a DJ who makes music rather than a producer who goes and DJs at an event or a festival or something. It's a it's a completely different skill. So that that was the thing that inspired me about you was you were always yourself. And you were I start I start DJ, then I become producer, then I turn back again DJ yeah. and producing the same, and then as I say, it's something that. The right cocktail together make a beautiful drink. The problem these days is that this is a bit not the political of the dancing. The political of the dancing, as Paul Van Dyke, remember, we're making politics of dancing. Yeah, politics of that was already at the time like that. You know, it was so much political, and the political is like promoter that become a manager, manager that become DJ, journalist they are DJ as well. Uh, website and now deciding who are big DJ, who are not, but they actually themselves, they never done more traveling than a thousand kilometers from their laptop, you know, and people trust them because obviously they have like the, it's a bit like when we were talking about the label, you know, in Beatport, you know, they, you pay in the promotion, you are top 100 guarantee because they buy in the truck and you, you are, your name on the top 10, you're going to have gigs. Thanks God, the DJ that grow up in the clubbing scene don't need that. It's still now. It's the new coming that they found that's the right way to do. But it's the right way. But if you don't have it after it, after it, you won't stay for long. It's, we call it, it's just going to be a meteora. You know, like some DJ has been big for one, two, three years, then they disappear. Thanks God, me, I never been huge, as I say before in the football. But I always been in the top in the world for creating a journey that the people want to hear and come and listen. Otherwise, 
they don't need to come, you know, that's the point. But there's something that uh, if after 35 years I still DJ now, maybe something good I've done it, that's it. But yeah. as I say, it's not easy for the new generation if they want to be successful without working before. Yeah, so you're, you're, as, you're, as you're talking about that, your sound was evolving and the, the set that really stands out for me with regards to Gatecrasher was when you played at the NEC, the, the big, the big, the big, big festival you did. But I listened and to I've that. I've so criticized on that festival. Mara, that, that set changed my life. That was, I, I, yeah, I can understand why, because it, it, you, you laid the cards down and you said, this is where I'm going. Yeah, but I know because exactly at the time on ESC, I remember after the set that, that you know, at the time with the, the trend was the beginning of the internet was yeah. the forum. Yeah, yeah. Forum of the yeah. There's been so many topics was about gay crusher forum was uh, saying that I should have go and play bull, no DJ, uh, that my music was just a loop with nonsense. And uh, they put me so much shit on top of me. And obviously, the manager of the promoter of trans, they was like, whoa, 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 what happened with Mauro? Why you don't do what you was doing six months ago? And I was like, no, because that is, was my time. Now I'm going here. But as I say, the time gives you the right. And this was my goal. I always say, let the people speak. I'm trying to make something. You know, people spend word. Me, I make him talk the music or my DJ set. I can't do different. You know, I am not a good manager. I'm not a good uh, business manager. I'm just a DJ. Yeah. And as a DJ, I love to make music to create atmosphere, to make you feel emotional, to make you feel good, to, to make you just dance and have a good time. That's my job. All the rest, I'm not good enough to become manager even when i done if you think in my party in ibiza how many times the people say but you introduce so many top dj in the world with your party in ibiza imagine the first part the first gig of sex fox was in the coco loco of mega night wasn't a circle loco wasn't at Shield festival i remember because i we always looking for newer company maetric maceo plex he was playing for us the first gig in Ibiza. Yeah, imagine how many times I go. Joseph Capriati. The first gig in Ibiza was another one. Yeah. No, I have so many DJ like that. But as I, as many say, why you never create something as they have done other party? Like if you're thinking Marco Carola's done with music on or any, many other, because I'm not good to do that. I'm just a DJ. I don't want exclusive from DJ. I don't give a damn of the DJ what they do. Also because, for example, Marco for me was amazing during that years. A bit less after, because for me it was nothing, was, it's, there's not been an, evo an evolution. It was more about the brand, more than the quality of the sound. Yeah. Even if he's still an amazing DJ, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's bad, but it doesn't surprise me anymore. Yeah. Surprise me, you need to change. You need to do something, and I'm like, what's wrong with you? And then I try to understand you, because 
I'm sure you're going to offer me something new. But when I hear you in 2005, and I hear you in 2010, 2015, you're still the same loopy stuff and and even worse maybe because, you know, they like now they try to put some commercial stuff in the middle of the, to, you know, playing Frankie Goes to Hollywood or in excess during yeah, the start yeah, yeah. or uh, stuff like that. To give an example, you say I'm commercial and what you are if you're doing that, you're even worse, you know. Yeah. For me, there's no evolution. Evolution is when you do something that surprised me, like Laurent Garnier still does, Sven still does, and even not producing music. Even if I know now he's in the studio with Gregor Thresher, and I'm very curious to know what will come out. Yeah. Because uh, I'm sure he, he will never go for something that is just for the for 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 the cell. He will do something for for his club, for his world. You know, that's I like his mentality. You know. Yeah, yeah. So we're speaking about the evolution, and obviously this is around 2002, and this, as you said, this was the time when you left BXR. Um, you you made a statement with your track "New Time, New Place." So was that your indication to sort of you wanted to move on, yeah? Yeah, because new try, new time, because I a new place, he has to change. Then actually, the change was being like uh, even bigger than myself because, as I say, I never been a great manager of myself. But if you're thinking, was the era of the the technology was evolving so quickly, internet was growing so quickly. Beatport was starting to sell the first MP3. And I remember because at the time we have my label and I was ga- I gave it to Prime Distribution in London. Yeah, Prime, was, Prime yeah. You know, Prime yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, well, the first was on Prime, Primate. Primate, yeah. yeah. We gave it them in license. I remember because we sold over 9,000 Finals. Final mm. double because it was a double. Yeah. Yeah. 18,000 track on vinyl. And then Prime went in bankrupt. <laughs> you know, like all the money lost, you know, like really unlucky, but wasn't unlucky. It was the time because the music was already start to collapse. Record company bankrupt so easily because obviously there was no money anymore. And then people was uh, start to playing with CD, MP3, MP3, easy to download Napster, it's download for free. I realized Music is gonna be only for passion. Yeah. There's no business anymore. Yeah. Or there is again now because there's a bit of regulation, but only for big number. Because these days when you're doing two, three million play on Spotify, it's normal. It's you doing nothing wow. It's yeah. good. It's yeah. normal. When you do a hundred thousand, it's it's just for fun. There's no you have to do hundred hundred million, then all right you Good guy. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you're not, you're just nobody. That's it, you know. It's still uh, about, as I was saying, evolution. For me, New Time, New Place was the first step out of uh, the new, the comfortable zone. But from the comfortable zone I was, I went in a better comfortable zone because I start DJ for myself, for the crowd that I want to play. And I have to be honest with you, I, my best goal was to leave the record company, Media Records. That is when I explode. I become Mauro Picotto and I enjoy my life and I become so successful. I imagine if I was, if I was still there, I would be nobody. Yeah. I, would, I would end up with 
I would be a miserable guy because I was always thinking why I didn't try, why the same as the footballer that maybe they gave a sign, the possibility to sign, but you need to leave your uh, your house, your your country to go and play in Germany. Yeah, and you don't want to do it, and then you will regret it. That's why, for me, is what I teach my children. I have four children, and all of them I say, you have to do what you like with the passion, and I will support you everything I can. Obviously, because I can do what they want to do. But I will tell you the direction to take for what you want to do. Because if you're doing what you really love, you will never feel to work. Because if you're going from the eight o'clock to midnight, you will never feel I work 16 hours. You will just have a great time for 16 hours. You know, and and that's what I teach in them. And, and that's my I grow up. And I've been lucky because I've done what I want. But even when I wrote a book, because I also wrote a book, I remember yeah, I, I love that. And yeah, I like, my wife said, why you don't do it? I said, okay, I do it. You know, I work and I write and I send it. The first company took it and I released it. And it has been an amazing experience. If I had never done it, I will always regret it. Now there's yeah. so many DJ doing book because there's no gigs. Yeah, but you yeah, know, yeah. For, me, for me, I always try to find uh, my own way without copy too much to take inspiration because taking inspiration from people or from idea is what is good. It's copy that is bad. To make a copy is bad. Yeah. But to take inspiration from other is is just good. For me I take inspiration a million times, even when I go outside and I listen to something that I like. Yesterday a friend sent me a butterfly photo from the garden and I was looking at this butterfly and I was like, how the natural make the combination of the color so perfect? The the harmony of the color. If you that's what explains the art, you know, when you're seeing a picture that gives you something. The guy that did it, he had obviously been inspired from something when he was younger. And me when I see this butterfly yesterday, I was like, sometimes you see t-shirt from football, they look awful. Yeah. Why they don't take idea from natural? It would be great. Yeah. Sometimes just the combination of the color together from the butterfly, just two or three different color, that three color together and make a t-shirt. No, they they make. I see yesterday they enter uh, Inter AC Milan. You know the new t-shirt. Yeah. Make a mix of blue yellow with pat everywhere. Like sometimes, like they they are drunk when they making t-shirt or they just want to. People talk. If they want people to talk, that's the goal. Yeah. But then if you look the t-shirt, I'm not gonna wear it. You know, <laughs> you know, you look like the the little shoes, you know, like very successful for a few months, but then they disappear again. But is me, I my my son that he wants to play football, but I told him, you know, you choose the, the worst area again, you know, like your yeah. dad when you hear music. But he said, But I love it. Can, can you help me? To play football, and he was seven years old. I told him I cannot help you because I can only put you in like clubs where you go and play. And if you have to train, you have to find your dimension. You have yeah. to find your skill, your talent. That's what I done to him. But I support him, and he went from the little club where I remember he was playing, and I was like. It's so uncoordinated, like you know. Obviously, a seven years old never played football. 
want to play football. I was feeling so ashamed. It's wrong to say, but yeah, I was yeah, like, oh, my goodness, so bad. And then he was working in the garden, on the wall, in the house, you know, over with the ball. And I let him do it. Then he started to say, oh, there's a, uh, I remember he went to Ajax for a camp. You know, the camp, he yeah. went to Rangers. He was going to every camp in the summer, Juventus. And he was there involved in learning and kicking the ball. Eh? And he ended up now that, Two years ago, uh, when he was 12, Southampton and Fulham asked him to go and do a trial. Really? That's and, amazing. Yeah. Then, um, then we realized that if you are uh, more than one hour from where you live, you cannot go in any club. It is a yeah. Premier League rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to be 14. And he couldn't move, but he still had done like, uh, how you say, he went to do the experience the weekend, no? And they'll say, oh, if you just... Uh, when you are 14, if if you stay like that, there's a chance he can be signed. And now he's with Fulham. Amazing. He's in the academy of Fulham. Yeah. Probably, I've done nothing. I just support him in a way that gives the opportunity to want to go and play football. You bring him there and you take him to football. Don't say, oh, you're not going to be good. I didn't know. Maybe he will never make it because he just opened a, a door. And as I, I always say to him, it's going to be, now you open the door, but there's a bigger stairs going up mm. and it's very, very high. And you can fall down easy. Yeah. But also, now the point in, I'm super proud because he reached something that many will dream at his age. But at the same time, he has done nothing. And that's the point that he need to know. That's why it's first school, then football. Yeah. Because you never know, you can hurt yourself because you need also some luck in life yeah, as I have no but my daughter she want to be a dancer you know and she was a gymnast she even won the English uh, whatever it's called my my wife was following her because she's more into the gym gymnastic stuff and I let her do it and she reached really high level of gymnastic now she want to go and do like you know like a girl at 12 years old she want to sing in I made some track with her using her voice She's a great dancer and she's been admitted in the Sylvia Young Theatre School in London. That is a very talented school where it's been like, you thinking like Dua Lipa, all uh, Amy Whitehouse, the girl died, but yeah. all they come out from this school. She's not going to be a singer because she has a normal voice, but she has an amazing dancer, a good acting. She done a few stuff for movie already. And... She does what she loves. She goes to school. She is six o'clock in the morning. She's wake up herself because she wants to go. Do you see the difference? Yeah, yeah, Outside yeah. Outside yeah. football, I don't need to tell, prepare your bag or is, you know, at five o'clock tonight, he has to be he a fool. He wants At four thirty, he's already shower, ready to go. Yeah. Same me, a DJ, when I had to go DJ, the night before, I was already records prepared. Everything was ready. It's not the same when I have to do something I don't like. Yeah. I'm always trying to late, to be late, to be late, to be late. That's what I'm saying. The passion drives your dream. And yeah. don't let the other push down that. Because even with my DJ world, I remember in Italy, that's that was Gigi. They would say, Oh, well, we are Italian, nobody give a shit to us. That's what he told me. I remember oh, Say, yeah, but if we don't try, you don't know. 
that's what I always say to my son. You have to try. You need to be selfish and go. Or call, take opportunity, but try. Because the biggest fail is don't try. You will regret it. Because if you fail, at least you say, I tried. Yeah. I wasn't good enough. You do it in two months, they're going to say, you're not good enough for a Premier League. You can still play in the Champions, maybe. But at least you try. Or you don't let them push you down. You can still working out. But don't let the others saying that it's not enough, not good for you. Because you have to live your dreams and you have to do the maximum you can. Then if you cannot reach it, at some point in life, your body, your intelligence, your anything will make you realize, yeah, I try, didn't work, but I'm good of that. I will follow that. It will come naturally. You, you don't need to force it. That's what I'm always feeling. Like now, me, I'm making again commercial because I'm actually don't want to go and DJ six times a week as I was doing in my big time. Yeah, I made 224 was my record in one year gigs. 224 gigs in one year. I was doing five gigs in one week sometimes. Three on a Friday, two on a Saturday, then flying private to go and do more gigs. It was crazy. But thanks to that, I can have a comfortable days now, you know. You know, you have to follow your dreams and don't let the other push you down. And then more than all, working hard because if you fail because you didn't try, you will regret it. But if you fail, but you try, you will not regret it. Yeah. And, and, and coming back to the, the gay crash, when you were getting that criticism for doing what you wanted to do, did it affect you mentally and did it make you feel fearful about moving forward? No, I was... Uh, I felt bad because some some people attacked me really heavily because I remember even send me uh, no email but posting on the forum I, I wish you dying you know because it, like every stuff touching even the family at the time I was a kid a kid yeah. I was thirty five but you know uh, you still emotional because like yeah, yeah. I just coming to play music why you have to attack me so heavily like that heavily really. And affect me because it was like, even, you know, in the techno scene, they don't accept the trance. In the trance, they realize that they don't accept the techno, you know, and they create this atmosphere of hate. But music is love, it's not hating. That's why I hate both sides when I'm extreme like that. I call them purists. The purists are the worst because they just limited their brain to that. That's, they only see that. It's wrong. If you don't like it, I accept your taste, finish there. Why you have to create this idea of hating the people because they love trans music or because they love techno? This is bad people for the clapping. These people that shouldn't be in the club, shouldn't be, it's the same as, that's why political of dancing. That's political even in that. They try to com- convert the people because even the festival, if you go into the festival, techno is cool now, it's not cool if you go at the other one because it's cheesy. What is that? Mm. If you don't want to go, don't go. End the story. Shouldn't be that feeling is bad or is good. It's bad when you go and you don't enjoy yourself. Even if he's got there. And if I go and I don't enjoy myself, that is bad. No, it's bad just because someone make a festival, techno, trance, or Goa, whatever. It shouldn't be judgment. That's why even the genre is wrong. When they divided the music, exactly the word, dividing the people. They divide the people, they divide the music. 
with general Frank's techno minimal bullshit. His journey is a journey. Mm. You you go and listen top DJ. They even play Laurent Garnier sometimes play crack beat in the middle of the set. Everybody shut up. If you don't like it, you stay home. It's the same like vinyl MP3 or final scratch at the time. For me, play with what you want. It's important that you play good music because, you know, there's some DJ that I remember at my time, you know, playing with turntable because they have to play with turntable. That's fine. But when you're drunk and you cannot put two tracks together, I would rather you go play with CD. At least I you think. play sync and don't yeah. make a mess, you know. Yeah. I, I was in amnesia sometime, listening to some South American DJ that I was like, after one hour, I said, that's enough. People whistling, you can see the crowd, even if they follow you, they saying, you're doing something wrong, guy. Mm. And you are <laughs> keep going all fucked up and mixing for you, who knows. That's, you know, that's what, in my idea of the dividing is wrong. That's why Gekresha was the first one when I see the people saying like, I should die because I play techno in the temple of trance. Why I should die, I will die anyway. Yeah. <laughs> There's no need to wish me that. But that made me thinking there was people that tried to already dividing the atmosphere in the club from what is good for you or what should be good for the other. Don't you judge for me. Let myself experience the clubbing. If I like it, I will come back. If I don't like it, I don't come back. You don't need to make such a, a fuss around. That's the marketing these days at the end of the day. Yeah, and when, when, when you move from playing, say, the trancier shows to the more techno shows, did, did you feel accepted into the scene? Well, uh, again, there, there was the same the transition. Obviously, at the beginning, was all the, like, uh, the techno DJ that probably they thinking they was God already. It was like, what you're doing in the Y model, because you're trans, you're cheesy, you come out, say, yeah, you want to play any visa on my party or you stay home? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's simple, no? But people like that, I never call them. they still home now because are people that they maybe was good for one, two years. I call them meteor. They disappear. But the top one, they still top now. And the young top that I called, that they was not top at the time, they still big now. Look the example I say before, by Marco, Joseph, Chris Levy, they become they are so much bigger than anyone else. No, they still also very young. Uh, young. They're all over forty as well now. But me I'm fifth over fifty. But you know, it's it's different, like uh it's always been this climate of competition in the world of the DJ that they, they thinking you can take something away from one or the other. Something that I never felt, thanks God, thanks to me. I'm always trying to stay with positive people. If someone was criticizing or talking of other, the way I didn't like, I would never call them. Because I'm saying, if he does for that, he will does for others. It's not what I want. Me, as I say, I have my taste. I like you. I like you for two years. One year you start to play different. I don't like you anymore. Why is me? I can tell to you, or I can make a comment. I because, like I was saying, some DJ I love it ten years ago. These days, they don't surprise me anymore because, for me, my head they was so big at the time when I discovered that new sound. 
that they didn't evolve that because they felt that's where I make the money. Now I say mm. that's I lose the credibility in your creativity, but not in your person, on your creativity. Other DJ, like I mentioned three times now as well, even after 35 years now, is the one that surprised me. He can have an eye that, because don't get me wrong, I also listen, some said that, I'm like, it was just normal, nothing. But then you maybe go at the after party and he surprised again and you're like, he still got the, yeah, yeah, the, spark. the, the mood catcher, yeah. the sparkling car. Because as I say, you can't judge the, the book by a cover and sometimes uh, that's what's happened. You need to listen to DJ why or a couple of times because when you're hearing just the first time, it could be a great set, and then maybe it was a lucky not one, you know. It's a bit, again, like football. You know, like, it, because I see with my son, when they follow the children, you're thinking they're choosing the, the best one. But it's not that. They're looking for the one that's feeling more box because with the time, what they gonna, what they, what they want to see is a footballer when he's already a team. Doesn't matter you scoring 20 goals now that you are 10 or 12. Maybe you're not, they know that in five years you will disappear because there's some box that you're not feeling or your character. Or, and the same is in the music, you know. You, the story will speak for yourself. If after 30 years, uh, you will have Brian call me to do an interview because you have something to say, it means that you have left some good memory. If after 30 years, uh, no or better, if after 10 years, nobody called you, yeah. you have to think in, I was just a, a meteor. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's a bit of our word of the DJ, because, you know, even the top one like Tiesto or, or Armin, they could be criticized a billion times, but they left a, a mark, an even strong mark. Yeah. How can the people criticize especially in the techno scene. They see them as like a cheesy brand. And you're a cheesy brand for techno. Because when you are big in techno, there's something wrong. Mm, it's not there's something ground, wrong. Yeah. No, you know, even now there's this also great coming back with the, what is like the woman that is not coming back. Very cool. And I appreciate it because it's right that this woman they're better looking than man, first of all, when they DJ. And they have like this sweet taste, especially in techno, that is sometimes just amazing, you know. But then also in that world, there are fake, and you can see it. You can feel it. They're just pretty, but they have like no, there's no... Substance, substance. substance. There's yeah. like, you know, like, there's a few of, of, of that me, I, I like it when I discover it. And now when I listen and even when they, you go in the past or I see the, on YouTube, some friends say, oh, look, well, look what she's playing. Well, you see, they dancing really nicely. I'm like, you, you don't need to play the bonsai track to surprise me. Yeah? You need yeah, to surprise me with the music. Yeah. You don't need to name the DJ that do that. <laughs> they are the obvious one. Yeah. We didn't grow up like that. No, 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 no. But um, yeah, like th th that's the interesting the way you're, you're speaking about the the current techno scene and the the DJs that you mentioned. It, it, there's 
it's it's very very trancy the what what te- what techno has become at the moment the, the they, call melodic, they call it melodic techno yeah but it, it, because, it's trance because it's they trance. are ashamed of the name trance yeah, yeah. But they play trance there's no story yeah. like me when i heard that i remember a few years ago in ibiza at the, what was the party of richie otting uh minus oh, minus Dot with uh, enter, sorry, no enter, sorry, yeah, 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 yeah dot. I was thinking because <laughs> I, I remember it was Tale of Art, there are two Italian uh, producers, yeah. and they making amazing uh, melody music, and they taking idea from soundtrack or whatever they want, but you can feel it. That's the progressive of twenty years ago with the sound of today, yeah, and that's fine, but don't call that techno, please, because that's not techno. Techno is all about technology, and that's fine. But calling techno something that is trance, because when there's a melody that make you feel good, the word trance is because bring you in a different level in your brain. Trance music was the people playing Ibiza uh, during the sunset. You know that melody when was a an I forgot even the name at the moment. You know that track that. Still now, you see in the compilation, you were mentioned Café del Mar, yeah. they feel, make you feel good after many years. That was the trans music. Then trans has been destroyed maybe by EDM style, because they exaggerate what they've done. But it's not been exaggerated. There's just been an evolution for a few years of a different era. There's nothing wrong. But that was, for me, wrong. Like, keep changing the name of something that just because it looks cool, but that is trans music and the story. It was play a enter party for me. Then for other is techno. Well done to you. What can I say? If you for that for me, techno, the sound system set, that's pure techno. That, that that's no melody. The melodies is in your brain. When you listen to the track, you can hear in what's going on. That's the real techno. Because when you hear someone playing, start to call that techno, because that's music. Techno is, is a noise that become a music that you cannot sing. Mm. Or better, you can make in the noise, everybody can make the, the sound. You know when you have the DJ say, can you play the type of one that do, what was that? No, everybody has their own interpretation of techno. But when you have the melody that you can reproduce with your voice clearly, that's no techno. That's a melody track. Then melody techno, melodic trance, uh, whatever you want to call it. It's dance music and the story. But for me, techno still like trance. Trance is what you bring me emotionally in a new place. And techno is when you make me dance with a groove and with sound that is not uh, reproducible by, by playing. That's for me, is techno. Then everybody make a big uh, soup and turning and uh, staring, and sometimes it's warm up, sometimes it's cold, but everybody do what they want, you know. Yeah, I, I remember your uh, your Metamorphosis compilation from around 2001. That, that was a that was an amazing, amazing compilation, but that was a, a full-on techno, techno, a choice of techno tracks, and I remember around that time... Oh, you, you see the name, Metamorphosis. Metamorphosis, yeah, yeah. It's already, 
explaining was my where I was going because people I tried to not say educate because it would be like I'm, I'm who are you, who are you for educate the other no my, I was trying to taste make understand my taste where I was going to the people who was following the double album before they even was a for me a great album but they, they need to understand where I was going you know then obviously when I start to DJ a lot I lost a bit not the ability is the wrong but the feeling to stay longer in the studio because when I was doing that music I was working from Monday to, to Friday in the studio even if it was in when I was at the record company when I was by myself I was in Italy in my house with Ricky and every day we was in the studio because as they say for me it was not working that yeah for me that was fun uh, and to do something that is fun you don't feel work in your life and then I was DJing then we party three days and then come back you need three days to recuperate where we were <laughs> so, and then you have to leave again you know it's been like an amazing life like you know I've been lucky because uh, you know at the time I was not married anymore better to say that and I was free because also DJ when you get married you struggle to to give 100% to your job because you have responsibility, you have a different life. And me at that moment of that six, seven years of freedom, then that I really gave and I'm pleased because even now I see the people, like even with this interview, you're proving yourself, Jay, I left something. And that for me is what at the time I was trying to explain, but the people didn't understand me. And I was doing with music. I give you another idea. I remember a Gatwick uh, in the 2002 was the president of a big company in UK from Records. They came and speak with me and say they would like to take me to a next level. Okay. As they done with other top still now. And I remember I was like first I didn't speak well English. I didn't understand maybe what they was offering me or better. I was not interesting because I was happy in my work. But I also declined offer to have the opportunity to put my face next to a pop star to go to the next level. Yeah. You have agency in America. They, if I was going to that agency, they offered you to play in every festival in America just to be in that agency. And I was like, no, I'm with my manager from... From when I started, I stayed with him. So all the stuff, they never accepted because it was political. Mm. And if some of them, maybe it felt like, maybe I should have tried, but then even if I didn't, I don't regret it because I still have done what I want. It's different if I put again the example with the football, you know, you have to sign with Juventus or Real Madrid or Manchester, still fantastic. Different if you're playing for uh, Sheffield and Real Madrid comes and you're not going because uh, you're crazy or because, uh, you know, you need to try the experience. Otherwise, you will regret. That's what I didn't, it didn't happen to me. Even if it's in reality, it's happened because I refuse to go pop as a superstar because they will take you there. Because I remember the the not the bullshit, but the story they were saying 
imagine the stage you enter like a thinking Star Wars, like mm-hmm. all the world, like that, like a church, yeah. because you are a God. You need to enter like a church with all the people behind you like that. Then you go on the stage. And that's what they offer me at the time. Yeah. Is what I see to other DJ two years later. Yeah. And I know it's not their idea. Are the big company, they're going to bring a superstar DJ because before the band that was like maybe 10 people create a concert, then become a concert with one person, they don't need to do nothing. Mm. Just playing the track, ready. You don't need to bring the guitar. You know, they invested on top DJ because it was easy and was a lot of money. I didn't see that picture at the time, but I don't regret that because thanks God I start when nobody was caring about the DJ and we have done an amazing time and life and moment. Unfortunately now it's not the same for everyone because with this pandemic, even the new coming are suffering a lot. Mm. I'm sure from the summer we will get on the mood again. <laughs> I hope so. But ha- has there ever been any period in your career where you, you felt like you didn't want to DJ anymore? No, because, uh, you know, it's never happened something like that. I have to be honest, it's happened this pandemic in the moment that I, for example, last year in January, I always take January in the last few years off, all January, because January for me, I go on holiday with my family or go skiing in Italy. And, uh, I remember I take January off and ride this virus. In February, I was going to Dubai on holiday. Come back from Dubai, lockdown, March. I say, okay, gig cancel or postpone. Remember, was postponed the gig. Yeah, yeah. And then it got worse and worse and worse. And it's like, well, whatever. If I have to stop now, I, I will start producing music. I start to do other stuff. I, I didn't feel bad, to be honest, for me, 2020 wasn't so bad because I still in the summer, I say, I play in Italy. I went to Ibiza in the summer. Then I come back to England. And then my son was a Fulham, my daughter in the school. And I was visiting them sometime in London. And my day was playing because London went in lockdown on the 3 of January. Until that time, nothing really changed. Apart from me say, oh, mm. my, I, I didn't feel I need to go and play because I did for 30 years to have one year break. I accepted. But then, you know, in January, we, we had lockdown in England. Two months lockdown. They found the vaccine. England moved so quickly. I think they did an amazing job. I never see such a lockdown easy as they have done here because there's a respect, the social distance, people go vaccinated. Italy is not like that. Italy is still in trouble now because they are thinking tomorrow or our government is so corrupt that they still have to understand that here they vaccinate even in a pharmacy. In Italy, they're wasting time and money. I don't know what. It's the same they, here, same in Ireland, yeah. Uh, they waste, I don't know. Anyway, London looks fine. Yesterday has been no death. You know, like, finger crossed is doing well. But if I have to say, 2020 for me has been not too bad apart the job, the rest has been good because I have a good summer. I went to Dubai, to Ibiza, to Italy. Can't complain too much. This year I start bad because January, when everybody always finished 2020, 2021 didn't start well for me because I've been in lockdown from January till now. Yeah. 
But now they're already showing there's a light at the end of the tunnel here in England, in London, or in Jersey, there's been no case at all. It looks the vaccine is the solution. If it's the solution, we can start not to plan long terms, but we can start to thinking again to back at the kind of a normality. And that made me say positive in a good moment, not in the positive way. Yeah. And it's something that is exciting. It's a new beginning. Maybe it's nev- never going to be the same. But as I say, you know, uh, I live in the life every day as is the life day. You know, like just enjoy yourself and see what's going on. And as I say, I dedicate so much time now in music. So I have like four new tracks, old pop music, but already for clubs as well. I'm looking forward to go and play Cream. You know, I have Creamfield Cream, all the part in Cornwall as well. And I'm all set. Obviously, we're still waiting to go on the 21st of June from Boris Johnson. Yeah. But if everything is working, I'm looking forward to play this amazing track. And I'm not saying amazing because I'm thinking, because I know I are, because they really fill in the box of the same as 2000 here when I create Komodo or Iguana, because they was clubbing, but they also will be appreciated because also the, the music taste of the people is changed because staying home without going dancing, they want to hear music, they will appreciate it straight away. Yeah. Because it's not like before that they just need a loop and uh, pills, or uh, even worse, or ketamine or whatever. Now they are all very well detoxed from everything, even from that music. Because I don't see people listening uh, amnesia music uh, in, uh, in, in the house uh, every day. They listen to the radio, or some podcast, or Spotify. And if you're looking by the play, the majority of the population doesn't listen loop, listen music. And will take time again to found the, the roots to bringing to the real clubbing music. But I believe there is. And it's not even quality now because I see I heard some uh, set in uh, from Circle, you know, Circle TV. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. And some DJ with the environment they have around, create good journey, like good set to listen and even to watch. But I don't know how much are effective for a club because they are quite very mentally. As There are more 20 years ago at Café del Mar when everybody is lying down the sunset. We need to see when they we're back in the club if they want a hardcore or if they want a 90 or you don't know. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. I think... And I prepare something, some food for my restaurant that should be well appreciated by the crowd. I'm quite sure. <laughs> I'm confident. Excellent, excellent. So, yeah, obviously we're moving into the summer and the summer usually means Ibiza. And uh, I was thinking back to some memories of the times that I've seen you in Ibiza. I remembered in, uh, I think it was August 2003, you were playing at, for Cream at Amnesia. And while you were playing your set, I think they were they were. Uh, filming scenes from the movie It's All Gone Pete Tong. Do you, do you remember this by any chance now? be honest, no. I remember Cream at Amnesia, but I don't remember that. <laughs> but yeah, you were playing your set and to the left-hand side there was a, a, a film crew and it was the, it turned out to be the lead uh, character from the film. I think his name was Frankie Wilde. But they were oh, filming... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, they were oh, filming... No, all, because they're using Lizard. 
Yeah, they were using Amnesia as the, as, the, as the place. So we're in the crowd looking at you. You sort of didn't really know what was happening. And then they were filming all these scenes. And then I remember as they were walking off, you sort of just gave them a little wave because they were invading your space, really. You were trying to do your job at, at the best club, basically, in the world. So um, that was that was one of the memories. But obviously, um, my main memories from you, from Ibiza, were for Mega Knight, a privilege. And it was the first time that was sort of that kind of sound had come to Ibiza. And you booked people like Ben Sims, Chris Lieben, Adam Bayer, M- Mistress Barbara and stuff. So have you any really special memories for, from that time? Yeah, the, the, the memory of that time was, I remember when they offered me to have my own night at the club, the owner of Privilege uh, invited me to Ibiza and asked me if I can take the Thursday night that they was doing house music or whatever and uh, to do a party for them. And when I see the club, I remember I was like, wow, that's a, 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 so enormous, you know, to make techno here is impossible. I say, we can try. I need to think in an idea. But then I ask, well, why you want the Thursday? And he said, because the Thursday we have a night that's not working really well. Say, but what are you doing on the Wednesday? Because my idea was like, Monday was cocoon. You know, after it was Circolo, DC 10 and the afternoon. Cal-Cox, was Tuesday. In the night. Mm. Tuesday was Carl Cox. Yeah. Say, Wednesday is perfect because the people, if you party for three days... <laughs> He was keep going yeah, for two yeah. time, no? And because the Thursday was too far away, you know. And uh, then the people get ready for the Friday, for the weekend, you know, they keep safe the Thursday. Was the me was a night a bit like and he said, but the Wednesday the club is closed. I say, Yeah, that's great. We open. Close the Thursday, no? And it's they say we was crazy. But we was crazy, but I was right again. Because the night has been successful. The club from being open Monday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, then was open Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then they open all week. And obviously, the too much may collapse also the island because then you see some club didn't work. Some, But the idea was working. You know, we shut the, the club out with a big curtain. Yeah. And then after two years, we managed to open all club when it was successful. You know, and to be after, all open club, you need to have at least 5,000 people. And making 5,000 people coming for Mega Night for us was an amazing goal, you know. Because it's easy to fill in club like amnesia. Because people go because the brand is so the strong. Name, yeah. Really, yeah. Like, doesn't have that feeling. If you don't do something special, people don't go to privilege. It's different. They was going to Manu Mission. They was going to La Troya. They went to Supermarché because the brand was what bring the people. And Mega Line was the same. We gave something that in the island nobody was giving or they was giving in a different way. Let's say one was giving food in like, uh, I don't know, Mediterranean food, another was giving German taste, another English taste. But the kitchen was similar. That's what we create, you know? Like uh, even Enter was a bit uh, Japanese, but still techno was, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Which inside at least. That was the idea. Even Marco Carola, Musicon, you know, create this uh, Napoli, Napoli time calling sound that he create uh, 
in the past. But then obviously also Imi started calling DJ because you need to evolve that because otherwise it's always the same soup, you know. I, even for me, that's why I was inviting new DJ every year because you can't do always the same, you know. People after learn and learn quickly. And when they learn quickly, you need to change quicker. It's, it's, and the taste change quickly as well, you know. It's, that's why everything went too fast. And this pandemic has slowed down again. I believe make again the people appreciate more the music and not just the look. And that uh, could be a could be a new era again for the music as well. Is there any particular moment that sticks out in your career more than anything else? Mm, to be honest, no. Uh, you know, it's been a, like a, a stock goes up and down, but always in the up direction. You know, because saying it was everything perfect, no, because. It's been up and down in my life too, you know. But uh, I, I would say I, I wouldn't change anything I have done. My, no, nothing. Even when I was saying, when they offer you to have something more, when the people say, "Oh, my, why you not become like?" Even my daughter say, "But why you never thought to do something like Tiesto done it?" Because I'm not Tiesto. <laughs> That's simple. You know, I don't have that mentality. I'm not a good business manager for myself. I'm more a passionate for, because I'm sure he's passionate too, but I'm sure he's a better person for business maybe. You know, like Armin or even Sven, Luke Kukun. He created a company that is cool and he does what he wants. Yeah. Ma, take Sven away from Kukun. Like everything will collapse. You know, yeah. it, it will collapse because Kukun is Sven. There's no, there's no anyone else. Even if he has amazing guy around him, uh, playing for him, and he's, he's not the same. These people, when go out of his agency, they disappear. And then, my, him, like, there's so many. Adam creates RAM code. But the difference is like, uh, for example, for my opinion, this is, again, it's my just personal opinion. Drum uh, code is not what is Adam Bale. Is the is the toy of Adam Bear? It's different. I don't feel that is really because I remember Adam drum code that wasn't like that. <laughs> no, it was it was tribally one three eight. What was yeah. a real drum code? Yeah, yeah. Then obviously his manager Jeremy turned it into a successful record company. That's well done to Jeremy and Adam, but it's not Adam because. Uh, I'm, Adam is a pure DJ, you know. Is he? Is he? I'm sure he play what he what he released as well, but most of that is uh, is just it's just business. He does because it has to be done because there's people. But his DJ, his heart as a DJ, is more pure than that. What I see with that label. Yeah. Are you hopeful for the future of dance music? Uh, yeah, but because uh, you know, like. I see, as I say, that it's gonna be new challenge coming, and uh, and the new technology and the new way to communicate and selling music will bring a big business again. Because I was reading a few months ago, uh, was again Richie Otting saying that this uh, pandemic make you realize that the artist 
without gigs, they don't have make money anymore. No. Zero money. Then maybe they should find a way now that the artist has to pay a part of their fee to contribute the music. Otherwise the music will disappear. Or you will only play what you can produce because nobody wants to produce music anymore because there's no business. And make you thinking, because before when was the vinyl, printing the vinyl, was a, a lot of people making a little bit, but was a people working around. Now it's just it's just a studio cost. After that, and of course there's a promotion, but after that there's only distribution of the track. And if they found a way to distribute and control well the selling, that there's again an income. But until you can find the music free, like everybody has, it's hard to, to make money from the music because it's even the principle that's like, I don't buy music because I don't need to buy it. Because if I hear something that they send me or, you know, we receive thousands of problems. Or if I need one, I go and buy, but I remember to spending uh, uh, millions of lira, it was like maybe 2,000 euro a month, 3,000 euro on records a month. I don't know, the last time I spent $10 was maybe four years ago. Yeah, um, I get you, yeah. This is, there's no business, there's no future, but there's a future with, as I say, streaming music, if they make it more correct and less free. I understand that people say, I want to play my music home and live on Facebook. Now I can't. They stop my music. It's because they try to find the regulation. Because exactly, you don't, you don't go and buy in the shop the track. If you buy the vinyl, I will let you play because you already spend. But when you play with the CD or with the laptop, how I know if it's being buy the music or like me, it's free. You need to reproduce, you reproducing the music, you need to give something to these people. And if I have to pay with my fee, I'm happy to do it. We just need to make a lie for everyone that 10% of the booking, for, like the same as an agent, 10% of the DJ fee go to the music artist or, you know, PRS or I don't know. It's difficult, but that could be a future... I don't know when. Oh dear. Yeah. Maybe it's already like that because there's, they say Spotify start to pay and live stream start to, YouTube start to pay, uh, but it's not going in the pocket of the people producing music. It's going to the pocket that still does the live. Mm. No, it doesn't go in the, or the guy that put it on the YouTube. I want the money of the music going in the pocket of the people playing. That should be more correct. Yeah, really good. Good, good. Some good advice there, Mario. Yes. Yeah, so. uh, advice, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that he won't happen until I'm, uh, you know, it would take uh, still many years to find a solution. Yeah. Look, okay. look also how much they abandon the music artist during this pandemic. Same as the restaurant. Mm. Okay. Someone has a contribute like from the government. Like in Italy, all DJs, all clubs, they had zero, zero. I know in England there's been a bit of controversial because I know like some web uh, got a lot of money, 
and clubs got nothing. You know, like I was following, you know, Dave Clark was accusing a resident advisor that they got money from the government. Okay. Money should be destined to clubs that are shut down, not to people on the web that are still alive. I don't know exactly the story. I can't talk about that. But if it's only 5% true, it's been, it's been uh, uh, how you say, it's been uh, the club scene as the DJ, as the artist, as the musician, as the clubs, as the festival are being left on their own. That's the problem. Let's hope for some better days ahead, Maro. I'm sure will from the summer, from after the 21st of June, we will, no, I mean, not too much. I only want to go two, three times a month because it's enough for me. But uh, I'm sure it's fine, you know. By the look, if they don't stop with another virus, the calendar looks fine and promising. <laughs> yeah, hope so, hope so. Just before you go, Maro, I just have one more question for you. If you had a choice between Messi or Ronaldo, who would you pick? Messi and Ronaldo? Who would you, one player, you can only pick one player. I hope Luke Capicotto. <laughs> Son. No, I, I, that's for him, poor guy. No poor guy in the way that he's always looking for Messi or Ronaldo or Neymar or Lewandowski. But uh, I tell you, it's impossible to choose because uh, uh, I love the ability of one and the hard work of the other. But exactly because one is gifted and the other is gifted but work hard, I will choose Ronaldo. Yeah, I would too. I'm probably a little bit biased because I'm a Manchester United fan, but I think uh, Cristiano... It's more, it's more, as I say, Cristiano work his socks off. And I'm sure also Messi. But when you see the video of Messi when he was little, and you see it now... Genius, yeah. He, is, he, is, he was talented already. I think the training to him just gave the the strength, the the resistance. But he had the football already here. Mm. He had the movement already when he was little. He was real gifted. Ronaldo, you see, a bit more mechanical, but because he's someone that say, I'm going to be the one that jump higher than everyone. I'm going to be the one that run faster than everyone. Trey, you see, he's a, he's a human robot in a way that he's made for football. He's a man. Yeah. It's true. He's a gold machine. Yeah. You know, then obviously he has the brain as well. He's amazing. But that's why I choose him because he's proving that if you really motivate yourself and you are a bit lucky too, you can reach your goal. Messi is more talent, maybe yes, but he's more gifted. That's yeah. why. Yeah. I choose Ronaldo. Ronaldo. Yeah, plus Cristiano has done it in England, he's done it in Spain and he's done it in Italy and he's done it for Portugal as well. Don't get me wrong, I absolutely love Messi. I think he's incredible. No, he's not, he's, how you can say someone that scores over 700 goals yeah. for a team, not just in Spain, because then Champions League, he also go outside of Spain. Mm. But it's what you say is right. Uh, he, he's an amazing player. He's, 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 not, he's not for nothing six-time uh, Ballon d'Or. Yeah. But uh, I think even Ronaldo, six Ballon d'Or could deserve it because the one was at Juventus and they didn't give it to him. Was really, and they gave it to Modric. Remember? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. What is that Modric more than Ronaldo? Nothing. He was second in the World Cup. Yes, but he even not done ten percent of Ronaldo that year. 
Then I respect also Modric because Croatian team has been fantastic and amazing. But, you know, Ronaldo is still another, he's been another level. Yeah. Absolutely. Also because then Modric disappeared. Come on. Yeah. He's, he's getting a little bit old now, yeah. Yeah, but also Ronaldo, 36, and still produce goal. Even with Portugal, the one that was a ghost, ghost yeah. goal. Yeah, I know, I know. He's still a score, you know. Yeah. I know he's not playing against uh, Germany yet. they playing a lower team, but still a score. It doesn't matter. Mm. He looks so criticized as well because obviously. You know, he, when you he need a goal, he's always in. They have to solve the problem. And if he doesn't, everybody's jump on him. Yeah. But uh, you need to respect someone that has that done a career so so good like that. Uh, you can only shut your mouth and the story. You know, that's the thing. Yeah. People talk because they're jealous. <laughs> that's always the way, Mar Maro, it has been an absolute pleasure speaking to you today. You've made my 18-year-old self very, very uh, happy. It's been a dream come true to speak to you about your career. And uh, I really hope I get to see you uh, at a club or an event sometime in the future. Just thank you very much for being a part of this podcast today. Hopefully soon, uh, one back-to-back -back in Dublin. <laughs> yeah, hope so, yeah. man. Hope so, hope so. We're going to do something special, a big event together. Don't worry. Yeah, that, would All be, right? that would be amazing. Thank you very much, Maro. Thanks bye -bye. to you thank and you. bye to everyone. Ciao. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.